It's November 8th, 1988, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Take a moment to fire up Suddenly by Angry Anderson on Spotify and use that as your soundtrack for today's episode because it was on this day that 20 million people in the UK ran back from school to watch the wedding of the 1980s. Not Charles and Diana, Scott Robinson and Charlene Mitchell, played by Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue in the Australian soap opera Neighbours. And having rewatched it, I tell you what, the most noticeable thing about it is that surging power ballad that overlays <laughs> the entire thing. It, the, it's full it's, on. It's so intense. It just like it, and it doesn't stop either. I think you don't even get to hear them speaking, right? They just like <laughs> no. It's just- I had never watched the episode. I mean, I've seen clips of it and everything, but I'd never watched the episode, you know, in real time, end to end. And I couldn't believe how weirdly it was filmed. It was like <laughs> it's an episode of Neighbours, and then it suddenly goes into this totally different style. The dialogue is all muted. There's lots of panning yeah. and zooming and close-ups. And then suddenly, suddenly <laughs> oh, to paraphrase <laughs> it just cuts to it just cuts to the reception and it's being filmed in the classic <laughs> neighbours camera pointing, people walking around in front of it style again. Big artistic statement just doing it that way. Like Honestly, it's, it is so noticeably at odds with everything else about neighbours ever. Well, I think the producers knew that they had a moment on their hands because, I mean, it's easy to say now that it's the longest-running drama series in Australian television. This was a pivotal moment. You know, it's two biggest stars ever. I mean, Guy Pearce and Margot Robbie were in Neighbours, but they weren't famous then. Mm. Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue were famous when this happened in Australia. Their biggest moment ever would be something of a big deal in terms of the production. And in fact, after this was broadcast in Australia, you know, they were mobbed in shopping malls and this sort of thing when they did a promotional tour. But we're commemorating the date that it was on in the UK, and I don't mean to be rude, Arian, but uh, our production standards are a bit higher. Uh, um, Fair. And I think had they known that this was going to be seen by 20 million people in Britain, it would have been better. So let's just talk about why that is. <laughs> Neighbours began about 17 months before it started being retransmitted on the BBC. So in any case, there was always a year and a half gap mm. between the Oz transmission and the British transmission. But specifically, the thing that really made it go on fire with Britain's school children, of which I was one in 1988, <laughs> was the tea time repeat. Now, the tea time repeat of Neighbours on BBC One didn't happen until the 4th of January 1988, i.e. six months after this was filmed and made. Oh, that's weird. So it was the thing that made it popular in Britain hadn't happened when they filmed the wedding, which is why I think production standards are so low, because if they'd have known this is going to be seen by 20 million people on BBC One, I think they would have pulled their finger out. And also, I just think that the Neighbours production team didn't necessarily have a huge budget because it was really, and I hadn't really realised this before, but it was only the addition of Scott and Charlene and their romance that turned round a programme that was on the brink of being cancelled. It had already actually been cancelled once by its original network, the Seven Network, and they then destroyed all the original sets and sold it to Network 10, one of their rivals. So Network 10 had to rebuild all of the sets they also took the opportunity to cut a few characters and in the case of the character of Scott they actually cut the actor who was playing him a chap called Darius Perkins who never got the honour of marrying Kylie Minogue oh no so he's like the fifth Beatle <laughs> yeah so they brought in Jason Donovan and then of course they brought in the character of Charlene who came into the soap as this 
feisty tomboy. She had a difficult relationship with her mum and she wore sweaters and overalls and she gave as good as she got. And she was instantly a smash hit character, especially then when paired with the clean cut boy next door in the form of Jason Donovan. Just going back one step, selling a show to one of your rivals and then burning all of the sets <laughs> is an asshole move. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure what the chronology was. They may have like cancelled the show, burnt the sets and then the rival network said, can we buy it? Well, there's not much left. A bit of a fire. <laughs> sale this one. <laughs> and so when Network 10 realised they had something special, they aggressively targeted the teen demographic by putting Scott and Charlene's romance front and centre. And that's another strange thing as well. It's like the characters were 17 and 18. And yeah. I think that Jason and Kylie were only a year or two older when they were playing them. They, they both got the roles basically straight out of school. And part of the appeal was that they had these relatable breakups and makeups that appealed to teenagers. But it's weird mm. for us, I think, as adults looking back, being like, oh, that's not a classic teen romance. They're moving way too fast. They should not be getting married at the age of 18. When I first watched it, they were grown-ups to me. And watching it mm. now, they look like children. Exactly. And it's like, I understand why the script has all this stuff with their mum being like, oh, God, I'm so sad because they're leaving home. Well, apparently also part of the justification for having them get married was that the scriptwriters were planning to have these characters move in anyway. And the reaction from the sort of stuffier uh, fans of the show was pretty negative to that. In 1987, it was seen as relatively shocking that you'd have these two young people cohabiting without actually being married to one another. So that helped to drive the plot line that led to this massive moment. And they turned it to their advantage, really, because then instead of becoming a kind of scapegoat issue for conservatives to, you know, bore on about, it became an extra element of what was already a kind of Romeo and Juliet romance because the characters had these rival, you know, allegiances to the feuding Ramsay and Robinson families. <laughs> so it also had that, that had that extra element of appeal. And then a romance, you know, and then a fairy tale wedding. Montagues and Capulets in the suburbs of <laughs> Melbourne. Exactly. How was it received, Arian, in Australia from your memory at the time? Because the thing everyone knows about Neighbours is that basically Australians don't really watch it, <laughs> apart from in a few mm, regional yeah. areas. And it sells all <laughs> around the west of the world, apart from America, which has never really got it. At the time, it was a big deal, wasn't it, in 1988? Yeah, I think that Neighbours certainly had a fan base. But I, from my own recollection, I, I have no memory of this thing happening. It wasn't on my radar. But as you said, the stars did actually then do a tour to shopping centres around the country. And the church in which the scene was filmed then became a tourist attraction. Although I looked at their website to see if they still make a thing of the fact that they hosted this wedding and <laughs> there's not even the slightest mention of the wow. fact that it happened. So probably over the decades, it has slightly fallen into the rearview mirror. Do they not mention that they were also used as the location for Harold and Madge's wedding and for Libby and Drew's wedding? Not at all. They just keep going on and on about God. <laughs> <laughs> it has this sort of interesting dramatic framing device, this episode of Neighbours. So it starts with Paul and Gail, the yuppie couple, apparently having a marriage on the rocks moment. Now, it turns out, of course, that isn't the case. It's like a practical joke they're playing on their auntie Hillary, who is literally the worst actor ever. <laughs> Can I actually tell you why they have got fake married? They've got fake married in order to trick a Japanese businessman into making a deal with them. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> it's interesting that, like, even then they knew that everyone would be tuning in to watch Scott and Charlene's wedding that day, and yet it serves you a trick ball at the start, you know? It's like, oh, is this mm. going to be... It's going to be an episode where love is on the rocks. I, I quite like that. Mm. And the other thing that I just found extraordinary, having not watched soap operas for a couple of decades, is just the level of exposition that can be squeezed into a small exchange of dialogue. Here is a sample <laughs> from the wedding reception, right? 
Madge and Harold embrace. Then, Madge, I don't mean to upset your landlady. Harold, well, we were engaged. Madge, yes, but after the accident, she probably doesn't remember that. <laughs> That's so good. Like, I know, I've never seen the show before, and I know that Harold is Mrs. Mangle's tenant, that Mrs. Mangle is jealous of them, that Harold and Madge were once yeah. engaged, that they still hold a candle for each other, that Mrs. Mangle recently had an accident, and it has affected her memory, all in those three sentences of dialogue. Look, every episode of someone's first episode, they probably knew they'd be getting a lot of new audience from the whole <laughs> Charlene wedding thing. They just wanted to lay everything out on the line. I feel like we are avoiding the elephant in the room, which is the sheer 80s aesthetic of it all. The moment when Kylie walks in, although, you know, it's been building up to this moment, yeah. but it's very hard watching it in 2021 not to be distracted by everything. Come on. Because, I mean, to me, actually, in fairness, a wedding dress isn't something that is particularly affected by the ebbs and flow of fashion. I mean, I can oh, see it's an 80s dress. wedding dress. Put it this way, it was designed by a company called Isis of Melbourne, and I think it's definitely an act of terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> the puffy sleeves, the coral bridesmaids' dresses, and the makeup, my God, it's just, it's like it's been layered on with a trowel, as though Kylie Minogue wasn't beautiful enough. It is also mullets a go-go, isn't it? All the yeah. guys are, are mullet-led. The thing that's weird as well is... Why would two teenagers getting married not have any friends at their wedding? Like the only people that are at the wedding are the people they're related to or people who happen to live on the same suburb street as them. Like yeah. what's that? I mean it just stretches plausibility like have three friends in it. Yes, if for a wedding that was watched by 2 million people outside of the church in Australia alone and then the 20 million in the UK, yeah. it looks like it's completely deserted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's assume they had a school friend each, right? <laughs> they have chosen to invite to the wedding instead of that person, their mum's on-off boyfriend's <laughs> landlady. And that person that they rode a scooter with down the, the lane behind their house. Yeah. <laughs> the only people we're inviting to our wedding is people that we've starred in opening titles with. <laughs> That's a solid life policy, I say. <laughs> Tomorrow. With swamps and snakes and heat and smallpox and malaria and yellow fever. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.